It's crazy that we're already four weeks into the series that we started uh, one or two weeks after Easter. Um, and we have been searching the cave of quarantine uh, for hidden treasures uh, in this season. And the title of the sermon today we're going to be looking at is Truth in the Trouble. Last Sunday, Dom talked about the power of worship in these crazy warlike times that we live in. And today we're going to examine the power of God's word. Uh, God's truth in the trouble. And so this isn't an exhaustive teaching on everything that the Word of God is and everything that the Word of God does, but rather today we're going to examine some key truths uh, about God's Word that are vital for us as we navigate this uh, strange COVID-19 season that we're in. Uh, and in this season, everybody is looking for answers to questions relating to this strange season. What's going on? People are searching for truth, uh, searching through the noisy, contradicting viewpoints that are bombarding us. We desperately long to know what is true. And we were created by God to know the truth. We were hardwired by God to seek out truth, to know truth. And I've noticed over these last few weeks, there are a few types of truth seekers that I see, especially on social media, okay? There's the concerned citizen that I've noticed, right? This is the person that believes everything, right? And they turn the news off and they're very concerned, okay? And then there's the cynic. And this is the person who's looking to debunk whatever is popular, whatever popular trends are being touted as truth. And this person is consumed or concerned about everything. And then there's the critic who just criticizes everything. My favorite that I've noticed, though, in these last few weeks is the, uh, the instant expert. All of a sudden, this person that we've known our whole life, they're, they're all of a sudden a lot like an infectious disease expert. Or they're all of a sudden an expert in constitutional law. And you can tell these people because they address their social media audiences with, with little addresses like this wake up people, or do your research people, right? Like, like their moms and their brothers that are reading their social media. And then there's people like me, and I'll be honest with you, I've, I'm pretty worn out. I can't listen to the news anymore. It's not good for my heart. I can't take people just gossiping and slandering other people, even if they are elected officials. It's just hard. And so I've decided to get my news right from the source. And so I listened to uh, public officials giving, giving uh, news conferences and whatnot, and I've been disheartened because sometimes our politicians are worse at the gossip and slander than the news media is. Now, this is kind of a funny example, but there's enough truth tucked into these funny stereotypes that I think we can all relate to this reality that we're experiencing, that the truth is hard to find right now. The truth is hard to find because we don't know who to trust. We don't trust certain information that we see because we don't know or trust maybe the motivation behind the information. And so we search. And church, your pursuit of the truth, as you're longing and looking for truth, it's leading you somewhere. It's taking you somewhere. It's guiding your emotions somewhere. Searching for the truth about the origins of the virus or who's to blame for the virus, that's going to take your emotions and your mind along with it. Searching for truth about your constitutional rights and these infringements and all of this stuff that we're reading about online and experiencing in our everyday life, that's going to take our emotions and our mind places. Searching for truth behind political agendas and wanting to reveal things that the media is not revealing, that's going to lead us to places emotionally and psychologically. And each of these pursuits, 
They're going to engage our mind and our emotions in what can seem like a battle. Now, listen, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You might need to fight some of these battles. Uh, That in and of itself isn't a bad thing. But here's the thing. If we're not careful, we can easily fall into frustration, pattern frustration. Or maybe you're falling into pattern fear or pattern confusion or anger or criticism or you're cynical. Or like me, maybe you've fallen into a pattern of indifference. See, the search for truth, it affects our emotions. That means it affects our marriages. It affects our family. It affects our friendships. And it's going to affect our voice in the community. And as we self-identify as Christians, it's going to affect the reputation of Jesus. And so in troubling times, we need to know what is true. We want to know, for example, which battle is the Lord's? How can we know what battle the Lord is calling me to fight? Church, there's good news for us today. While the truth about this virus and the constitutionality of these current restrictions or the truth about uh, hidden agendas or whatever, these things may never be clearly known. And even if we had all of that information, even if we knew what was true, there would still be disagreement and debate and troubling times. That would not solve the trouble. The good news is that in times of trouble, we can actually know real truth, the truth of God's word. And this is the truth that is above our troubles. The truth of God's word is above coronavirus. It's above political division. The truth of God's word is the only truth that sets us free from troubling times. And so church, let's pray uh, together this morning for the Lord to give us a hunger and a thirst for truth as we dive into our study. Amen. Pray with me if you would, please. Father God, we long... Lord, this morning, to know what is true. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would show us Jesus. Show us the truth about God's word, God's salvation, that is above the storm of COVID-19. Show us the glory of God that is above the troubling times we live in. Help us to experience the peace and the joy of knowing God. And God, I pray that you would impart your perfect peace in us this morning as we fix our eyes on Jesus, even in the midst of these troubling times. And we offer this whole experience to you as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, Abraham Lincoln wrestled with pursuing truth in very troubling times. As president, he presided over uh, one of the most troubling periods in all of American history, And he relied upon, and he even leaned into the word of God as his source of truth that was above his troubles. He presided over unprecedented times, and I would argue that in many ways we are living in similar unprecedented times in our nation. Lincoln would stay up through the night reading scripture to bring him both conviction and comfort as he would agonize over the weighty issues, the troubling issues of his day, which were human slavery and a nation that was divided by civil war. He would often recite scripture at at his cabinet meetings because he wanted to remind himself and he wanted to remind his political advisors that it did no good for them to assume victory due to their brilliant plans or their talented leadership ability. Because regardless of what they planned or what amazing leaders they had in leadership, the Lord would be victorious. And so Lincoln understood that his job wasn't simply to plan an excellent strategy. He saw his job was to pray for the wisdom to be on the Lord's side of the battle. Because the Lord would be victorious. 
Abraham Lincoln clung to the truth in troubling times by clinging to the word of God. And today, I believe it is good for us to stop and consider the truth of God's word for us today. The truth will always bring peace, will always bring freedom and hope because the truth always leads us to Jesus. Now, Lincoln is a great example for us of someone who clung to the truth of Scripture in times of trouble. But remember that also that Jesus, in his wilderness isolation, which was a, an extraordinarily troubling time for him, he turned to Scripture to battle his enemy. And likewise, in our troubling times, it is good for us to turn to the truth of God's Word. God brings his truth to us by his word, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Biblical truth is the bedrock of the gospel. It touches on everything pertaining to life and salvation and sanctification. And if we're not grounded in the truth of God's word, then we are lost and without hope and unable to see God's kingdom plans here on earth. And God has a plan for this season. And listen, God's plan is not simply just to make all the bad stuff stop. That's not what he's up to right now. God is at work right now. He's calling men and women and children to know him and follow him and find freedom in him. And so as Christians, we turn to the truth of God's word, which is over our troubled times so that we can see the kingdom plans of God in the midst of the troubling times around us. And so today we're going to look at six amazing promises that God has given us as we cling to truth in the trouble. In troubling times, the first thing we're going to talk about today, in troubling times, God word, God's word diagnoses truth. God's word diagnoses truth. And uh, you may not uh, be aware of this, but I've had to uh, have several tests run on my heart and on my mind over the last several weeks. I'm being dramatic. I didn't have to go to the doctor. These aren't medical tests. Physically and medically, I'm hopefully probably fine. But spiritually, I've, I've needed some major diagnostic tests to determine what is in my heart, what is in my mind, and to determine whether or not those things are actually true. See, like many of you, I love the Lord. My goal each day is to be led by Jesus, to, to walk in Jesus more, closer with Jesus more and more each day. I think many of us have that. It's a shared goal. But if I'm completely honest, I need to confess that it has been hard for me in recent weeks. As you know, I kind of wear it on my sleeve. I, I love American history. I, I read that in my personal time even. I love our nation. I love our government of the people. I love our freedoms. And so it, my heart can quickly grow discouraged by these present circumstances, by these uh, restrictive times right now. My heart is quickly distracted by news and opinions and experts that are sharing their opinions. And my heart grows weary in trying to do good when it seems like the season is unending. And if I'm not very careful, my heart can become divided. If I let discouragement or distractions or weariness or criticism or even my own complacency turn my focus away from God's sovereignty, if I turn away from God's truth, so it has been good for me to run a biblical diagnostic on my heart. I have had to be in the word of God. I've had to seek his truth in this time, to expose my opinions, to expose my emotions, and to submit my heart to truth. The writer of Hebrews gives us an incredible uh, spiritual diagnostic here in chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. He says that the word of God, okay, he's talking about scripture. The, the word of God is alive and it's powerful. He says it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, 
cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now, I've heard this passage taught dozens of times, and the pastor usually talks about, he takes that example and he goes, it's like a scalpel, like a, like a surgeon. And I'm like, ah, oh, it says it's a sword with two edges on it, okay? It's just kind of getting in there, ripping her open, and showing you what's going on, right? The Word of God exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Like, man, I don't always want that to happen. See, time spent in, strict, in Scripture, allowing the living and powerful Word of God to cut through these layers of distraction that can build up in our heart, or the discouragement that can build up, or the weariness that we might feel, or that critical, cynical spirit where you're just like, I'm over it, I'm done with it, and you just become that guy that's just like, whatever, right? See, time spent in the Word of God reveals the spiritual health of our mind and of our heart. And this is vital, because right now God wants to meet you. God doesn't want you to waste the minutes of your day in discouragement or fear. God wants to meet you in your distraction. He wants to meet you in your discouragement. He wants to meet you in your weariness or in your criticism. Why? Because God wants to lead you in this season. God wants to give your life true direction even now. This gets us into our second point, that in times of trouble, God's word leads us. The word of God is many things for us, but I love how the psalmist describes the leadership role that scripture has in his life. In Psalm 119, verse 105, we see, he says that your word, your word, Lord, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word leads us and it leads us back to the truth. The word leads us back to the will of God and the pleasure of walking with God, restoring our relationship with God. And as God's word leads us in truth, it changes us. As we walk with God, we start to transform. That gets us into our third point. In times of trouble, God's word transforms and renews our mind. God's word transforms and renews our mind. And this is good news. Because it's easy for this home isolation order and the current economic devastation that we're experiencing as as a culture all around the world, it is easy for these things to lead us into despair. We need transformed minds in these troubling times. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Man, that sounds awesome. I want my mind renewed. But how, how do I renew my mind? Well, the psalmist explains it in these simple terms. In Psalm 197, starting in verse 7, he says that the instructions of the Lord, he's, he's talking about the word of God here, that God's word, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. He's like, turn to the word of God to revive your soul. He says the decrees of the Lord, right? Again, the word of God, they're trustworthy, making wise the simple. If you want wisdom in this season, turn to the word. He says the commands of the Lord, right? Talking about the word of God. Bring joy to the heart. If you're lacking joy, Christian, turn to the word of God. He says the commands of the Lord, again, talking of the word of God. He says they're clear and they give insight for living for wrestling with confusion in this season. How do I live in these confusing times? Turn to the word of God for clarity. And so I'm going to share with you something that the Lord has put on my heart, been asking myself by his spirit over and over. What have you been thinking about as you go through your days? This last couple weeks, what have you been thinking on? What have you been dwelling on? What have you been searching for on the internet, for example? 
Why do you go on to social media? What's your motivation there? What are you filling your mind and your heart with? What are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you posting on your social media? See, every moment of every day, we have the freedom to think about whatever we want. God has given us free will. Our minds might fill with worries, or our minds might fill with gossip. Our minds might fill with fearful speculation, depending on what we're introducing to ourselves and how we're reacting and responding and what we're keeping inside of us. Our thoughts might cultivate anger or frustration. Or if you're on the wrong side of the internet, maybe you're cultivating lust right now. Or maybe you're cultivating a compulsive work ethic right now, just compulsively working, trying to distract yourself. Or maybe you're just like lost in people-pleasing or discouraging depression. See, Paul says we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's a beautiful promise for us right now. Transformed by soaking in God's word, by letting the word of God diagnose us and then renew us and restore us. And God's work of renewal and restoration in our life, it's not a simple emotional fleeting treat, like, like trying to eat an ice cream cone on a really hot day as it's melting away. No, God's work of restoration renewal is a healing work. God's work heals us. He restores us. Listen to how Isaiah describes the nature of God's restoration. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, he says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed upon you. Man, that is important for us today. This has been very convicting for me this week because I need to be reminded that my thoughts have power. Our thought life is powerful. It's a powerful component to our identity. Our thought life can lead us and direct our emotions. It can affect and even direct our actions. Our thought life can affect our words and the way that we act. See, thoughts that are directed by the word of God, they're in line with God's will and they're gonna protect us. But see, when we give into negative thoughts and entertain and even hold on to negative thoughts or critical thoughts or discouraging thoughts or jealousy, et cetera, et cetera, those thoughts can cost us dearly and they, don't, they offer us no protection. And sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but when it comes to the thoughts that we think, we actually have a choice. Thoughts can come into our minds from all sides, for sure, but we choose what stays in our mind. We choose what we dwell upon. And my wife and I, over these last few years, have listened a lot to and read a lot from a uh, Christian neuroscientist named Dr. Caroline Leaf. And Dr. Leaf has found that Toxic thoughts, right? This is patterns of thoughts in people, such as patterns of stress, stressful thoughts, or patterns of worry, or patterns of fear, or patterns of anger, or patterns of unforgiveness. These actually cause damage to the brain. They actually cause brain damage. They, they chemically change your brain and the neuropathways. Um, how we receive information can be tweaked into these patterned toxic thought patterns that we have in our brains because chemicals are released into the brain when we have these patterned thoughts and it causes chaos and damage. And these toxic thought patterns can cause a loss of sleep. They have a physical manifestation. They can cause us to not perform our jobs well. They can cause physical illness even in our bodies. And so when we willingly accommodate toxic thought patterns in our life and we willingly are cultivating things, it, it, it's sin in our heart, right? As we're holding on to things that we should be confessing and getting rid of. But it's also evidenced in the fact that uh, these toxic thought patterns expose us to the curse of sin, to the sickness of sin. And so the Holy Spirit, 
wants to empower us and lead us in the truth of God's word to restore our mind and heal our mind and heal our hearts and heal these patterns of toxic, sinful thought that we entertain in our mind. I think this is something for us right now, church. I think that there's some some mental healing, some psychological healing that the Lord wants to do simply in breaking through the stronghold of pattern toxic thoughts in our minds. And as the word restores our hearts, as the word restores our minds with truth, in times of trouble, the word of God sets us free. That's our fourth point. God's word liberates us. And some of us desperately need to be liberated by the word of God. The word brings freedom. Freedom from uh, the influences, the patterns of the world, from uh, influences that rob us of peace, Freedom from discouragement and criticism and anger that quickly turn to bitterness. Jesus promises in John 8, 32, he says, you will know the truth and the truth, the truth will set you free. See, God's word is truth. And as we soak in the truth of God's word, we are set free. In this season, as we live lives in quarantine, Church, let's not, let's not conform to the patterns of, world, of the world. Let's not be waiting around for the government to set us free. That's not true freedom. Let's receive and walk in the freedom, the liberating power of God's word. And once we're liberated by the truth, at that point when we're truly set free by the truth that is above the storm, we are then ready to face the actual spiritual battle that is swirling around us. Because God's word equips us for battle. That's our fifth point today. In times of trouble, God's word arms and equips us for spiritual battle. And right now, things might seem political to you, right? You're just all fired up. The political hairs on the back of your neck are standing at attention. The face of the battle might seem political to you. But listen, if that's how you're thinking, you are missing the true battle that is raging. There is a battle that has been raging since before you were born. There are powers at work beyond the stay-at-home order that are keeping us in quarantine. There are powers at work that are worse than our fear of losing our rights and losing our money. There's a real power that is keeping our friends and our neighbors and our community, our loved ones, in slavery to discouragement and misery and hopelessness and fear as they're bound to their sin, shackled to the slavery of their sin. And the problem is that humanity is absolutely blind to the enemy and helpless against his power. On our own. On our own, there's nothing we can do to save anyone from the power that holds us as slaves to sin and misery. And there is a raging spiritual battle all around you, and it has nothing to do with your politics. Now, you might be ready to protect your family from a home invader, but listen, your weapons and your plans, whatever they may be, they are worthless in a spiritual assault. What weapons are available to us that could possibly help in a spiritual battle? Well, last week, Dom talked about the first weapon. He taught on the weapon of worship. And we saw that when earthly warriors and earthly weapons were laid aside, and we allowed worship to take front and center, that the worshipers were the ones who led the nation of Israel as they postured themselves with praise and worship to God. God moved, and God fought, and God was victorious on behalf of Israel. Last week, we saw weaponized worship. This week, we see that God has given us another powerful weapon in this battle. He has given us his word. 
in God's word is not, doesn't only diagnose our hearts. It doesn't only transform us and heals our minds. It doesn't just set us free from slavery. God's word is a weapon and he arms us with it. Look at Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. Paul says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. He's saying, you don't know anything about this battle, okay? Put down that little trinket, whatever, whatever it is you think is keeping you safe is gonna do nothing in this battle. And then he, he starts talking about the different ways that he's, the Lord equips us for this battle. And then down in verse 17, he starts talking about the weapon here. He says, put on as your helmet, put on salvation, excuse me, as your helmet. He says, and then take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. He's given us a weapon. He's given us a sword. He said, take the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. This is the weaponized word here. We don't stand around and just thump our Bibles or let them collect dust on some shelf in our house. We draw our swords. We use the word of God. It's on our heart. We lead with it. It's on the forefront of our mind. We fight the battle that is raging around us with truth, the truth of God's word. God has given us a weapon. And that means that God has put us in a battle. Church, that means that God has a battle plan. God has a battle plan. And he gives us a glimpse into the nature of that battle plan in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Check this out in verse 3. He says that we are human, Apostle Paul. We're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. He said the, world, the word of God, excuse me, the word knocks down human reasoning. The word destroys false arguments. The word destroys every proud obstacles. And we're fighting an enemy and notice, notice the enemy that we battle, what he's doing. It says in verse five, it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. There are proud people that are putting obstacles out into our culture and they're keeping people from knowing God. All of the confusing, contradicting human reasoning that is swirling around our culture is an enemy of truth and the word of God knocks it down, he's saying. Human arguments are a stronghold, this passage says. That means that they're a prison. Human arguments are holding people prisoner. Some of you might be held prisoner right now to human arguments and human reasoning. And see, this clash of human reasoning, this conflict of arguments... These are the obstacles that we face. And they're placed out in culture, Paul says, by proud people. People that are arguing from a place of entitlement. They're arguing from a place of pride. And these arguments are obstacles of pride. And they keep people from knowing the truth of God's word. Jesus faced a very similar battle for truth in the wilderness. Remember, Jesus didn't reason with Satan, right? No, rather than joining Satan in an argument and giving in to, to, to reasoning that Satan was offering, Jesus fought. He went to battle. Jesus used the weaponized word of God and he fought the clever reasoning and the convincing arguments of Satan and he did it with truth. The word of God fights against human reasoning and lies. The word is a powerful weapon and the word of God is powerful, church, because it brings us back to the hero, the victor, the one who is victorious. 
in times of trouble, the word always brings us to Jesus. This is our sixth and final point. God's word brings us back to Jesus. All scripture leads to Jesus. Jesus is the object. He's the point of all scripture. Jesus is our hero. He's the victor. He's the resolution. Jesus is the solution. The Bible gives Jesus many, many, many titles. We're going to look at a few of them. Jesus is the Christ. That means he's the promised deliverer. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the second Adam. That means that he's the Lamb of God. He's the sacrifice to be laid down. He's the second Adam. He's the, he was fully man and fully God, sinless man, able to lay down his life as the perfect sacrifice for sin. The Bible says Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It means that he negotiates a peace with the Father on our behalf. It says Jesus is the king of kings. He's ruling over all. He's the Lord of lords. It means he's in control of all. Jesus is the son of God. And the apostle John goes so far as to say Jesus is the word of God. In John chapter one, he literally calls Jesus the logos, the word. John chapter one. It says in the beginning, the word. Notice that the word is capitalized because it's, it's used as a pronoun. The word already existed. The word was with God. The word was God. He, now look at this in the third sentence, he, he, he switches pronouns. Now the word is a he. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and this life brought light to everyone. And the light, he's talking about the light that Jesus has brought into the world. He says, this light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That is Jesus. That is the power of God's word. Jesus, Jesus is victorious. Jesus is it. Nothing supersedes Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Everything. There's no name. There's no nation above him. There's no political party that is aligned with him or above him or before him. There's no religious institution. There's no power. There's no authority. There's nothing before. There's nothing above. There's nothing over Jesus. He stands alone and every knee bows in his presence. And so today, if you're searching the word in order to bolster your political arguments and your political agenda, you're going to be disappointed because the word is only and all about Jesus. If this is you, and if you're trying to politicize the word of God to support your argument, you will always find out that in the end, you're going to have to sacrifice your politics to your theology. Otherwise, you're going to end up sacrificing your theology to your politics. Because the word of God reveals the God of the word, period. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the King of Kings. All of scripture reveals the living word, Jesus. And Jesus always brings victory and he always brings peace. So church, in this hard season that we're navigating, as the spiritual battle rages around us, Sometimes it feels like we can't escape these oppressive maneuvers that are invading our lives. Grab your weapon. Grab your weapon. Allow that, the word of God, to to go in through your ears and through your eyes and come out your mouth. Allow the word of God to be set before you 
Allow the weapons of God in in this spiritual battle to be in your hands and upon your heart. It will lead you. It'll transform you. It'll diagnose what is true. It'll free you and liberate you. It'll arm you and equip you for battle. And it will always bring you back to Jesus. The word satisfies and brings us peace. And listen, the word of God also satisfies and brings peace to the world around us as we walk in the truth as agents of peace. So if you're longing for peace right now, turn to the word of God. You'll be led to Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. If you're longing for hope or confidence or joy, let the word of God lead you to Jesus. And while this battle, this coronavirus battle and the political battle might still rage all around us for a while, and while we might still have weeks and months of political wrangling and suspension of rights, and while we might be tempted to grow frustrated and even furious over the state of the world, If we're not grounded in the truth of God's word, we're just as lost and we're just as without hope and we're just as unable to see God's kingdom plans here on earth as the rest of culture. Turn to the word of God. In these strange times, there is truth for us in times of trouble. Let the word of God lead you to what is true. Let the word of God lead you to Jesus where you find victory and peace Let the word of God lead your steps as you engage culture in peace and with truth. And as we respond in worship this morning, maybe you want to invite someone into your spiritual battle to fight alongside you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray even with you. You don't need to face this spiritual battle alone. Whether you want prayer or you just want someone to tell you more about God, you'll find a link in the description below this video. Or if you go onto our website on our homepage, you'll click on the connect link. And this link will connect you to people to pray for you or to pray with you or someone who's ready to meet with you to answer questions and to help you grow in your faith. And so today, whether you're searching for truth or maybe today you're turning back to truth or maybe you all along, you've been standing on truth and you're like, yeah, let's worship. Today, together, we praise the name of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so let's join in together with one voice. It's always one voice with God. It doesn't matter if you're in your living room and we're here in this big empty warehouse. Let's sing together with one voice and declare the truth in these troubling times. Amen. Amen. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for Jesus. That Jesus, you are above the storms of this life. You are above the troubling times. You have perspective, you have insight, and you have a plan, Lord. Help us by the power of your spirit to receive and to turn to your truth and to know your truth and to be set free from your truth and to be able to see your kingdom plans here on earth. God, we pray, God, for you to bring heavenly thought patterns. God, we pray for you to bring heavenly forces, heavenly vocabulary, heavenly patterns of interacting with others. Bring heaven to earth, Lord, as we face these troubling times. Help us, God, through the truth of your word, as our eyes are fixed on Jesus, to be able to see through these times of trouble and to lead our families and to lead our friends and our roommates and our community. God, to point people and lead people to Jesus. Give us a hunger 
for your living word. We love you, Father. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you, God, for gathering us back into your presence, pulling us up on your lap as your very own children. And so, Lord, today we celebrate the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus that has brought us to you, where we find peace and hope even in times of trouble. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.